0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to join us for this really special Sunday online service. I I don't ever remember a time where we've done anything like this uh, quite before, and I don't remember a time that we've lived in quite like this before. Many have asked, why did we move our services online? Well, when the governor announced the ban on gatherings over a hundred earlier this week, we we know that even though churches were excluded from that, we felt like we needed to respond in in submission to it. We're thankful for our leadership, praying for those who lead us on our national, state, and local levels, not just in government, but also those in many different other uh, sectors of society and in uh medical areas and in so many different infrastructure areas that are critical during this season of time we believe that this is a serious time so we want to submit to authority as is biblical as a church we want to be a part of the solution and not add to the problem we believe that we can serve our community in this way and we care about you so we're thankful for technology that allows us to meet virtually in this way so that even though we don't meet together we can still be together. So thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. If you're able to share this on social media, you you can share the links. You can pass it along to other people on Facebook, on Instagram. Maybe take a picture of you or your family watching this and, and post it. Tag Toledo Calvary in there. We would love to have others join us in this. And you can even maybe Pause this. Like if there's a moment where you have a thought and you think, I need to think about that or pray or ask God for his help or talk about this with my spouse or my family or my friends, even as you're watching this, you can pause it and then pick it right back up as we go through this. You know, we were slated to begin a new series called Victory and we've chosen to continue with that as our theme as we move towards Easter. But the question is, in in the midst of this time that we live, the, the COVID-19 virus the the scare that so many have because of the coronavirus what do we do you know i started to to try to give you some stats and figures and i realized i'm not a scientist i'm a pastor this is a moving target and it seems like the story changes a little bit every day what we do know is how much we don't know (laughs) but we also know that we want to be wise, that we want to do what's right. And so I want to give you four things to do as we consider COVID-19, as we consider the place where we find ourselves right now, how do we respond? Four things to do. Here's the first one. Number one, do not let fear rob you of faith. Number one, do not let fear rob you of faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 tells us, for we live by faith and not by sight. Our focus is on our faith. We live by faith. So what does that mean, especially in a time like this? Well, let me let me point out a couple of things real quick. One, faith comes with wisdom. Now I really believe this, that when we have faith and we act in faith, we still have to act with wisdom. We still act with common sense. We still do the things that are right. So wisdom sometimes means that you take precautions. Wisdom sometimes means that you avoid risks, that you choose patience over action, that you do what is wise. Faith puts your trust in God. It takes steps, but it is not something that is unwise. And see, sometimes people mistake wisdom for fear. And they say, well, they responded that way out of fear when actually the the reason that we respond to certain things is out of wisdom. See, the difference is your motivation. Fear forgets that there is a God that you're trusting in. Wisdom depends on God. In fact, the Bible tells us that the beginning of wisdom is actually the fear of God, that we put our trust in God. I want to encourage you as your pastor to have wisdom in this season. Like this is a season of time where we need to be wise. We really do believe that this is a serious time. So Be careful about your interaction. Be careful about washing your hands and using sanitizer and and, and how you cough and, and how you're around people who might be sick. And be mindful. I really want to encourage you, be mindful for those of you who might find yourself in a group that is at risk. They say that those who have physical vulnerabilities may be at risk and in a higher way. They also say that it seems to be that the older you get, the more at risk you find yourself. Look, be careful and be aware of those things and realize that even though you walk by faith, you still need wisdom. Another thing that we forget is that faith comes with reality. Faith also comes with reality. Listen to this passage Psalm 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Do you see what that passage of scripture says? It says that God is our help, but it also says that there will be times when there's trouble. So here's the reality. Sometimes there are tough times. Sometimes there's trouble. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. And in all those times, we still have a God who is our help in every trouble. I was asked the other day, Pastor, do you you think this is a sign of the end times? Well, we know from reading scripture that we live in the end times, that every day we get closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. We're going to be putting out some regular online content this week, kind of to help us as we go through this very unique season. And one of the subjects That I want to address later in this week is this question about what does all this mean as we look to the end times but what I want to encourage you with is that even though we are in a time of trouble God is our help but it's okay to acknowledge with reality that there is trouble look some of you have some very legitimate health concerns during this season because of your own personal vulnerability some of you have some business concerns because how all of this might affect those that are in the retail sector and in the service sector it's it's very difficult some of you have real business concerns during this time look it's okay to acknowledge that those concerns are real and to know that you can still be a person of faith because faith also comes with confidence last thing faith comes with confidence remember this passage from when we were in the the life change initiative series Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It doesn't say there won't be heat. It doesn't say there won't be drought. But it says that we have confidence even in those times and that God can help us To have roots that grow deep, that bear fruit in our lives. So let me encourage you, do not let fear rob you of your faith. To which the question is, then what do you do when when fear shows up? Because there's going to be a time when you're going to be watching the news, or you're going to be reading an article, or you're going to be talking with someone, that that fear is going to stir up inside of you. In those times, choose to replace that fear with faith. There may be a time where it's good for you to say, look, I'm turning off the news. Maybe you need to replace the the noise of other things with worship and and music and praise that lifts up God. It might be a time where you find ways to engage in in things that you enjoy that connect you with how God created you. And maybe it'd be great for you to take some time and not just read God's word, but memorize God's word. Look, we're going to be looking at quite a few key scriptures throughout this message Maybe there's a passage or or even just one one verse or a few phrases that you hold on to to help replace fear with faith. Here's the second thing I want to encourage you with. Do not let social distance make you relationally distant. During this unique time, do not let social distance make you relationally distant. The, The encouragement is that we keep a social distance from others. I've heard the recommendation of six feet, that we be careful how we interact and touch with each other and, and, and make that caution. Now that's unique because we're the body of Christ. We're called to serve one another. We're called to reach out and love one another. So how do you bear one another's burdens from six feet away? Let me give you a few thoughts. One, find ways to connect with others. Find some practical ways to To connect with others maybe it's in smaller groups maybe it's using some virtual tools like like zoom or or facebook if you need somewhere to connect we'd love to help you to do that maybe you're already a part of a small group or a life group later this this week we hope to be able to communicate some more things to you about ways that we can virtually connect with one another in this time and and let me give you a little bit of a caution you do not have to distrust people to protect yourself like, this is something that I've even seen in my own life and that I'm concerned about for all of us. You do not have to distrust people to protect yourself. It would be easy to become almost skeptical of everybody. Like, like, we can look at people and just go, oh, they look virusy." you know? We get concerned about people. My encouragement to you is that you allow the love of Jesus and a heart of trust to stay in you at the same time that you're wise about how you protect yourself without it being in a place where you project unkind things onto other people. And and look, let me encourage you, look after one another during this time. Let's choose as a church to look after one another. Ask yourself the question, who can you help to care for? Maybe you could make a list of five to ten people. Maybe before um, you're, you're even done watching this video, be thinking about how do I come up with five to 10 people that I'm going to look after during this season? Look, it's never been easier than through the technology that we have now, not just to give somebody a call, but you can shoot them a text. You can send them a message on social media. You can, you can send them an email. You can find ways to encourage one another. But we will need each other taking care of each other during this time of social distance. You might even wanna set a reminder on on your phone in some way, set an alarm that reminds you, maybe on a certain day of the week, hey, today, I'm gonna reach out to so-and-so. And keep in mind those that are at risk and vulnerable. How do we serve our children in our community during this time? How do we help to aid those that may be elderly during this time? And how do we continue to do what we do as a church as we love the 419? This is really significant for us. And as the new realities of all of this become more clear, there's gonna be places where we can serve. We're already in contact with community leaders and ministry partners. And, and as things develop, as, as this progresses, we're gonna find out no more, even in the next few days, how we as a church can help to serve those that are in need and at risk in our community. We'll give you more information about this in the days ahead. Why is this so important? Well, here's why. The church has always led the way in times of crisis with the compassionate love of Christ. The church has always led the way in times of crisis with the compassionate love of Christ. John Ortberg has has written an excellent book called Who Is This Man? about the life of Jesus. I want to read a, a little portion of this book to you. He says, in the early centuries of the church, leprosy meant isolation, uncleanness, and death. A church father named Basil had an idea. What if we build a place to love and care for lepers? They don't have money. They don't even have to pay for it. We'll raise the money. One of the most famous sermons in that century was by his brother, Gregory of Nicaea, who was also a church father. And it was to raise money for this place to take care of leprosy. In his sermon, this is what Gregory said. And listen to this this quote here. Lepers have been made in the image of God. In the same way you and I have, and perhaps preserve that image better than we, let us take care of Christ while there is still time. Let us minister to Christ's needs. Let us give Christ nourishment. Let us clothe Christ. Let us gather Christ in. Let us show Christ honor. Isn't that a beautiful picture of how when we serve those that are in need, especially during this time, we're actually serving Christ. Look at what Ortberg goes on to say. He says, "'That was the beginning of what would come "'to be known as hospitals. "'The Council of Nicaea,' "'which was was the same council "'that affirmed the Nicene Creed, "'decreed that wherever a cathedral existed, "'there must be a hospice, "'a place of caring for the sick and poor. "'That's why even today many hospitals have names "'such as Good Samaritan or Good Shepherd or St. Anthony. "'They were the world's first "'voluntary charitable institutions.'" See, the church has always led the way in caring for those in need during times of crisis. And we should continue to today as well. Here's the third thing I wanna challenge you with. Number three, do not let crisis blind you to opportunity. See, sometimes when I see a crisis, it blinds me to what might be there. Now look, don't minimize it. This is a terrible time. And we're living with the painful result of being in a fallen world But if you look at scripture and if you look at church history, God never wastes these times. Even in times of difficulty and sickness and famine and disaster, God has a way of using those times somehow to be a part of his redemptive process. In fact, Paul tells us this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do you remember the story that Jesus tells in the Gospels about the sower who goes out to sow seed? In this story, it talks about how how the sower is a a farmer and the farmer sows the seed. And as the farmer sows the seed, it falls on different types of ground, thorny and and the pathway and, and rocky soil. But the ones that fall on the good soil, those are the ones that grow. Well, what makes the soil good? Well, at some point, it's it's rain. And where does rain usually come from? Well, it comes from storms. See, sometimes it's in the midst of the storms that we become open to be good soil and receive God's word. Look, for those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, I wanna encourage you with this. This season that we're in, even though it is a storm, It's also working in our hearts and in the hearts of others to prepare to to receive what God wants to do in our lives. God may use you during this season of crisis and give you an opportunity to share your faith and to help others come to find hope and peace and life and meaning and purpose and eternity in Jesus Christ. You are a sower of seed and realize that in this stormy time, you have tremendous opportunity To share the love of Jesus Christ. And look, some of you may feel like you're in a storm right now. Can I encourage you that this is a time when you can come and find God's love in a powerful way. This is a special time. Don't allow the crisis to cause you to be blind to the opportunity. I I think many of you may know that just earlier this week, I returned from a 10-day trip with, with a group of about 20 people from Calvary and we went to the nation of Israel and we were able to visit a lot of the biblical sites. And while we were there, they were celebrating Purim, which is the holiday where they recognized the time when God saved the Jewish people from destruction. It's told in the, in the book of Esther in the Bible. And one of the things that was said to Esther in the midst of this time of crisis, in the midst of a time when it looked like her people were going to be wiped out, in the midst of a time when she felt all alone her relative Mordecai said this to her, Esther chapter four, verse 14. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Look, I believe that even though we might not like living in this time, God has allowed us to be in this time. Don't let crisis blind you to opportunity to be used by him. You're here for such a time as this. Fourth thing, last one, number four do not let corona keep you from God. You know, as we talk about COVID-19 or the coronavirus, it could be easy for us to focus so much on what's going wrong that we forget who has come to make all things right. Look, there's so much that we do not understand, but God knows it all. And some, some of us might ask the question, well, why doesn't God just stop it The reality is, right now, you and I don't live in heaven. We live in a fallen world in the end times. In fact, if you read your scriptures, the Bible tells us that days like this will come. We actually shouldn't be surprised by them. It's it's the world in which we live. So, what do we do? Well, we pray. In fact, we will pray before we're done here with this service. We pray for God's protection, we're going to pray for his healing. We're going to pray for his deliverance from this virus and what comes with it. But we have to be reminded that God is in control. And remember this, not only is he in control, but he's looking out for your life. And we're reminded that Jesus is our Savior. He is the one who died on the cross for your sins and mine. We're going to tell this story as we get closer to Easter that Jesus died for your sins and mine, and ultimately, the sickness that you and I need to be concerned about is is not coronavirus, it's sin. And the way that it changes each one of our lives, And, and somebody's watching this right now, and what you really need more than anything else is hope, and you need peace. And maybe if you're honest with yourself, you need forgiveness and for things to be right between you and God. Well, there's no better time than now to say, Jesus, I need you as my savior. Because not only is Jesus our Savior, but Jesus is our Lord. He's the one who gives life and purpose to us. And you can look to him in this moment, and you can find him as your Savior and as your Lord. I want to share one more thought with you before we we wrap this up. But before we do, can I pray? Then as I do, I want to pray specifically for those of you who may be watching this and saying, God, I need hope from you right now. I need, I need peace from you right now. Jesus, I need you to be my savior and my Lord. There's no better time right now for than you to say, and it's very simple. It's it's this simple. Jesus, I give you my life. Father, we come to you. And God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. Lord, we recognize that we are each and every one of us, people who have chosen to to sin against you. And yet, Lord, you'd offered us forgiveness and you've offered us grace. Jesus, we, we thank you that you are our savior and we accept your gift of salvation. And we acknowledge that you are our risen Lord and we put our trust and our confidence in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you, you know that you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, at the top of our webpage at toledocalvary.org, there's a link that you can click that just says Jesus, and you can learn more about what it means to be a follower of him. Before we wrap up this message with the time of prayer, I want to read to you one last passage of scripture. You know, when I was in Israel, actually a week ago today, stood at a place called Wadi Kilt that looks out over this Judean wilderness. They believe it's, it's, it's the area that Jesus had in mind when he told the story of the Good Samaritan. It, it's a pretty desolate area. It's, it's barren, and it's wide open, and it's rolling hills, and it's rocky. And to look at it, it's really unforgiving. So I was surprised when they also said that this would be the area that David would have been in when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. the the psalm that starts, the Lord is my shepherd. See, when I think about a shepherd, I I always think about like the rolling green hills of Ireland, not the Judean wilderness of Israel. And yet the picture that it helped me to see was that when David said the Lord is my shepherd, he wasn't talking about a shepherd in in a rich, lush, easy place. He was talking about a shepherd in a difficult, barren, sometimes dangerous place. So, when I read Psalm 23, it has even more meaning because we're living in what many would say is a difficult, dangerous, and somewhat scary time. And the reality is that even if we live in a scary time, a time when things might not be easy, we can still say, God, I trust in you because the Lord is my shepherd. In closing, Let me read this Psalm with you. This is from the the Christian standard Bible. It's a little bit of a different translation that says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. And even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Father, we acknowledge that you are our shepherd. God, even though we sometimes find ourselves in places that seem dangerous and dark, we know that we can put our trust in you. And so Lord, would you lead us? I ask that you would bless this church, a church that isn't in in all the same physical place today, but a church that is corporately looking to you. Father, would you bless us? Jesus, would you be our shepherd with your special favor, and with your wonderful peace. In Jesus' name, amen.